Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mrs. Mummy PhD podcast. I am your host, Michelle Gibbs, and I am passionate about helping scholarly mamas like you navigate your journeys with purpose so you can achieve your life and academic goals without sacrificing what matters. The reality is that scholarly mama life is multidimensional. We're scholars, yes, but we're also mothers, wives, and so much more with whole lives outside of academia. So how do we successfully navigate all this? Well, first, we need the space to embrace this unique blend. Only then can we begin the important work of becoming purposefully whole. And part of my own purposeful work is to create a space for us as scholarly mamas to grow, to reflect, and to become everything that we were meant to be. So, mama, are you in? Fabulous. Let's begin. These are our journeys of becoming. Hey, mamas, welcome back to the podcast. So in today's episode, I wanted to continue the conversation that we began last week around how to nail your PhD viva with a purposeful scholarly mama strategy. And so last week, I talked mainly around the preparation for your PhD viva and how to juggle that with perhaps real life happening. at the same time which is our you know this is kind of standard for scholarly mamas but with real life happening with kids around with other responsibilities and so I wanted to just share what my experience of doing that was because I obviously did have our kids at home on their summer holidays while I was preparing for my PhD viva and so last week was all about preparation In this week's episode, I wanted to sort of take that even further and talk about what my actual Viva experience was like and how I navigated that, how I felt afterward and just share with you kind of, I guess, firsthand of what it's like to do, if you're in the UK at least, to do a PhD Viva. So I hope you find it helpful. I will now bring you into the continuation of that conversation I hope you enjoy. So just before we delve into the continuation of this conversation about nailing your PhD viva with this purposeful scholarly mama strategy, I just wanted to share with you that in the show notes, you'll find a link to my fun quiz. It will take you about three to five minutes to complete this fun quiz where you will discover your purposeful scholarly mama trait, which I found in my experience was so helpful in navigating this journey throughout. And of course, as well, going through and preparing for my Viva and actually experiencing my PhD Viva. So if you want to know what your purposeful scholarly mama trait is, please do check the link in the show notes and you, if you've got a spare three to five minutes, you can complete that quiz and I will send you personalized tips for how you can navigate this journey more purposefully. So do check that out. Okay, let's dive into the conversation. I believe where we finished off in the last episode was around not only the preparation for the actual 
viva itself. In other words, not just knowing the research and the key references and the key arguments and really preparing yourself to defend those and to defend the decisions that you made during your PhD, but also practical preparation, like making a plan for the kids, making a plan uh, with your spouse or with your friends or family around who's going to watch the kids while while your viva is actually happening. Do you need to make arrangements beforehand for that? And so that's kind of what I did. And I believe when we finished the last episode, I was talking about how I set up the space for my remote PhD viva. So as you know, my PhD viva was remote and I chose to set up the night before the Viva to make sure I had all of the key things I wanted to refer to during my Viva and also making sure that I wasn't waking up that morning and becoming stressed about having to set everything up for the PhD Viva. So my preparation was all done the night before. Literally, when I woke up that morning, I wanted as stress-free and as relaxed an experience as possible. And so all of the preparation and setting up happened the night before. And of course, the challenge of doing that (laughs) then is to keep the kids away from said setup, especially our two-year-old you know, suddenly there was a keen interest in mummy's (laughs) computer and work. And so I had to try and keep him away from those. Yeah, that required a bit of of planning and preparation. So yeah, that was kind of where I left off. So I'll just continue on from there. Okay, so in terms of the actual Viva Day, Kevin and I had a plan for the boys. He was going to get up and get everyone out of the house early so that I could do my Viva without anyone, without the boys being noisy in the background or coming to talk to mummy or anything like that. So they weren't here. They left about about 45 minutes before the Viva actually began. So now actually, let's go on to the actual Viva day. So I woke up and I felt literally, actually up until that point, I felt really at peace. I felt prepared I felt confident all that and then on the actual Viva morning when I woke up I suddenly started to feel really nervous like all of a sudden I was just overwhelmed with just nerves and I'm like oh my goodness Michelle you have prepared for this Viva there is no reason for this fear and I as you know I'm a Christian so I've been praying about it and just asking God to, you know, just remove this fear and just help me to remember why I'm doing this. What was my motivation? What was my why? You know, what could be the impact of my work? And just to go into this fiver with faith and confidence. And so, as you know, that song that I've tagged on Instagram in my real where I shared my Viva experience was actually that song. I've been playing that song over and over and over. The boys will tell you I was just playing it over and over every chance I got. And so I listened to that song quite a bit that morning as I was getting showered and dressed and everything. I was playing the song and I was listening to it and singing it and just praying and asking God to take me through. And 
I we went downstairs we had breakfast played and chatted with the boys quite a bit in fact my toddler wanted to build blocks and I just thought why not let me go and enjoy my time with him because that actually really calmed me down because it just kind of reminded me of why I was doing this you know they've always been my motivation and just playing with him and just chatting with the boys and laughing and joking with with Kevin and the boys just really grounded me just reminded me of the unconditional support that they give me I mean the boys were so excited about me doing my viva they kept asking me how I felt if I'm excited if I'm nervous if I'm ready they were so interested and so we did that we had breakfast we got them ready after playing and chatting everyone got ready as per the plan in terms of time I got myself ready and I literally came downstairs got myself seated and ready took a few pre-viva selfies and got ready to begin. So literally as I'm about to sit and start this viva, a few minutes before the viva, I realized that our gardeners are about and they are making so much noise with lawnmowers and trimmers and all the things. And I am just literally thinking, what in the world? So as we started the Viva, I did offer an apology. I said, you know, I'm really sorry, but I've got gardeners here today and you may hear a little bit of background noise. But because I was using my headset, I think that blocked out some of the noise because they said they couldn't hear any background noise. So I thought, okay, thank goodness. Okay, let's go. And like I said, the Viva was four hours from start to finish. We did have a couple comfort breaks. I think we had one, one or two breaks. I think it was two, five, 10 minute breaks. I think they were about five minutes and just enough time to kind of stretch my legs and use the bathroom if I wanted to, which I don't think I did and come back to it. But it was a really positive experience overall. I won't talk in detail about it because yeah, I won't share the details of what they actually said or anything, but it was a really, really positive experience. And and that was interesting because I'd heard so many stories about negative Viva experiences and to just go through that moment and just come out of it feeling so positive and so inspired and feeling so proud of myself. And they literally went through my thesis with a fine tooth comb, like literally. I don't think there was anything that wasn't covered in the Viva. Lots of detailed questions. But overall, I think it was such a beautiful experience and I felt so proud of myself. And I... I mean, yeah, just looking back on that now, I think, wow, that was such an unforgettable experience. Yes, I had to defend a lot of things. I had to answer a lot of detailed questions and I am glad that I'd prepared the way that I did because it allowed me to do that. But it was just such a positive experience. So afterwards, literally, as soon as I got off that Viva, I called my husband and I told him it went really well and I just felt this overwhelming sense of 
joy and gratitude and just, oh, I just can't even believe it. Like, I cannot believe it. What can I say? My prayers were answered and hard work always pays off. So here are my five takeaway top tips for preparing for your Viva. The first is to know your thesis inside out. You need to thoroughly research and understand what you did, why you did it, why did you choose the methods you chose, what was your basis for the methodology, what were your main results and findings, what are the implications of the research. So really be prepared to discuss every aspect of your thesis in detail, in depth, key, key point. You ha- I cannot emphasize that enough. You need to know your thesis inside out. The second, which I did and I thought was really helpful, is to practice mock fivers. You can arrange these with your supervisor or even colleagues if you know someone who has been through that experience and is willing to sit with you and ask you questions and give you critique on your answers. So that was really, really helpful. Definitely consider mock fivers. And this will help you to, like I said, get used to not only remembering what you need to say, but also to practice the articulation of what you need to say. And obviously, if they're able to give you constructive feedback, that would also be helpful because you can then take that on board and prepare for doing this in your Viva. The third point is to anticipate the question. So again, I did try and as I was reading my thesis a second time, the detailed time, I tried to think about the questions I might be asked, what was the argument I was making, what would be my defense for decisions that I made throughout my PhD and can I defend those, what might they ask me about those. So thinking about anticipating questions I think was really helpful and also if you can find practice questions which I did online. I can share a link with you in the show notes. But thinking about questions around, you know, what are the reasons for the methodology? How did you interpret the data? And what's the broader significance of your work and your research? What are the implications of that? How does it sit within existing literature? And what implications does it have for your particular field? And then the next point I would say is to make sure you're familiar with key literature and brush up on the literature in your field so that you're able to demonstrate a strong contextual understanding because you want to make sure that your examiners can see that not only have you done your research but you understand the contextual influence of it you understand how it sits in with the existing literature and be prepared to discuss how your research fits in with the existing body of literature In other words, does it confirm or contradict what's already known in your field? What does your research add to the existing body of knowledge and literature? And then the fifth point is to stay calm and confident on the day of the Viva. Whatever helps you to remain calm and confident, you do that. For me, it was grounding myself in what mattered. It was grounding myself in my family and spending time with them and playing with my toddler and laughing and joking around with my husband and our boys and just reminding myself 
of why I am doing this and having faith and trusting God to bring me through this PhD viva. Also remembering why I'm doing this and the purpose of what I'm doing, I think really, really helped. And for me, I came up with an anthem song that I listened to over and over. And the more I listened to that song, the more I internalized the lyrics of that song. It just really helped me to feel confident. It really helped me to feel prepared and ready to go. And obviously taking lots of deep breaths and listening carefully to the questions as they're being asked and taking your time to respond to them. If you need to think about a response before you just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind, then do that. And in fact, one thing I did do, I didn't actually use it in the Viva, but one thing I would recommend, and I did do it, was to have a blank sheet of paper and a pen so that you can jot down a question if you need a few seconds to think about a response. And sometimes just writing the question down or at least jotting a few points down could help you in your succinct articulation of the answer. So I would recommend doing that. And it's okay to ask for clarification if you're unsure about a question or if you didn't hear a question well enough to answer, then just be able to ask for clarification or repetition if necessary. And I guess the last thing I would say is that to remember that your Viva is truly a unique opportunity to showcase your expertise and to defend your research. One of the things that I found was very helpful for me, and I said this to my husband and the boys before the Viva, was that remembering that I am the expert in the room in my thesis. So of course, my examiners are experts and they are top experts in their field, in our field. But I am the expert in my research. I am the expert in my thesis. And that's what I'm here to defend. And so just thinking that way and, and remembering that I know my work. I've prepared, I've done this work. I've prepared for this Viva. I am proud of what I've done. And just remember that all this is, is a professional and high level discussion of work that I am very, very proud of. And so it was, in my case, a very constructive conversation, a rather intellectual conversation. And I just love that about it. And so if anything you take away from this podcast is that your Viva is an opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity. I lived it and went through it and survived it because I perceived it as an opportunity. I didn't perceive it as this confrontational interrogation. I saw it as an opportunity. I saw it in a very, very positive way. And I think that really, really helped me to alleviate the fears, to be confident and to deliver the best possible responses that I was capable of delivering. And honestly, all I can do is just give so much thanks for the experience that it was. It was a very positive experience, but it was a culmination of many, many, many years of work and so many hours and so much effort went into my PhD and to be able to spend four hours 
of expert time really delving into the nitty gritty of all of that, I loved it. I loved it. And so I really hope that you guys can take something away from my experience. I hope that it helps you and encourages you to see your Viva as an opportunity and not an interrogation. And I wish you absolutely the very best if you've got a Viva coming up. If there's anything else that you'd like me to share, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know because I wasn't really quite sure how in-depth people wanted to kind of go with all of this. But what I could also do, there are a couple other tips that I can share about my preparation phase and also my delivery phase as well for the actual Viva um, in terms of how I actually structured my notes and how I structured my my preparation, my thinking. So if you guys would like to delve deeper into that, I may consider doing some kind of follow up to this. But yeah, I really hope you that you found this helpful. And for now, I'm going to leave it there. I will definitely let you know when I can refer to myself as doctor. I'm not, can't do that yet because I'm still finishing up all the paperwork for that to happen. And obviously there's some official university processes that need to be completed. But as soon as that's done, I will let you know. But in any event, it's not even about the title. As you know, you probably know me well enough by now to know that it's more than a title. It's an experience. It's it's a journey. And for me, this was the most amazing culmination I could have asked for. And I'm just so grateful when I reflect on my experience I just reflect with so much gratitude so until next time mama I'm sending you lots of love and lots of gratitude and I hope you found this episode helpful see you in the next one bye-bye thank you so much for tuning in to the Mrs. Mummy PhD podcast I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did and you want in on this movement why not head over to mrsmummyphd.com you can join the waitlist for our exclusive community of smart, purposeful, scholarly mamas. We'd love to see you on the inside. Remember, mama, these are our journeys of becoming. <laughs>